Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jessica, Wangtongdal, Illinois, Chicago. Kwa Sengbengnun, Jimjinmo. 왜는 내 산촌 띵동 This is Comic Cast on podcastarena.com Here's your geeks John Lee and Michael Carroll Welcome into issue 257 of Comic Cast. John Lee here. Hey, with Michael Carroll. And this is not a Korean only podcast. This is uh, the open, is from it's a pretty popular scene from the movie Parasite, which took home three Oscars Sunday night. And we're going to be talking Oscars. We're going to be talking uh, Birds of Prey. And we're going to be talking Birds of Prey and Oscars with Kate Sanchez. A good friend from, but why though? She's the editor in chief and co-founder of Good uh, of, but why though? And she also hosts two podcasts on there. So we're gonna have her on, and you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at my name Jong. I'm at producer Mike nine seven five. And before we get Kate on, we're going to uh, talk about what we watched over the weekend. And surprise, surprise, I got to view Alita: Battle Angel over the weekend. Yes. Thank you. I'm so um, excited. I, it was visually, it was fantastic. It was like uh, I decided to watch. I do have this big projector at my house, and um, it's you know 100 inches. And um, I uh, I said, oh, let, let me you know make some popcorn, and I'm just going to sit down and watch it. And it was beautiful. It's a very beautifully the best part of the movie. I thought it was just the way that everything looked from Alita herself to. Uh, I guess all the mecha- mechanical body parts and and bounty hunters and everything that uh, I forgot what that big thing in the sky was called, but like everything looked beautiful. Like the world itself looked just amazing. I I was I was I was whelmed with the story. I guess maybe a little underwhelmed. And I know they're going to be making more Alita Battle Angels, right? They're going to be making. Is it a, is this supposed to be a trilogy? I think so. I think so. I mean, which is why I didn't expect like a like a true ending to the story um, at the end of the movie. But I felt like it kind of built up to something and it just kind of like whimpered off a little bit. Uh, I mean, yeah, well, they are setting up for other stuff, so I can understand that. 
Yeah, I maybe I wanted more of a concrete ending, um, but it was more of like it's going to be setting up for the next movie. Um, and uh, I thought that uh, they casted very, very well. Um, one of my most underrated, <clears throat> I think, actors in Hollywood and everything that I see. I mean, I, I think I, f- I feel like I say this about a lot of people, but uh, Christoph Waltz, he is fantastic in like anything that he touches. And uh, I thought that uh, aside from Alita, he just shined. And um, I think like his role role in Inglorious Bastards and Django and all that stuff, like he like steals the movie, especially in Inglorious Bastards. I felt like he stole the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed watching him perform. And then also, um, I, I mean, like everybody else was okay. Like for the most part, like I just felt like like Rosie Salazar and Christoph, uh, Christoph Waltz were the two big bright stars of the movie. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think she did a really great job. I think the, like you said, the animation was great. I think it's just, it's a beautiful, like you said, movie and it's a, it's a fun movie that I feel like was a little underrated last year when it came out. How much did it make last year? Underrated as in like the box office or like people just talking about it? I think underrated just in people talking about it. I think it performed well enough at the box office. That's why I'm like, I think it's okay for a sequel, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it opened domestically at only twenty eight million, so it opened less than. We'll we'll talk with uh, talk with Kate about Birds of Prey, but Birds of Prey opened domestically at thirty three million, and Alita opened at twenty eight twenty eight and a half million, and it uh, it, it finished worldwide at four hundred four point eight, um, and three nineteen of that came from international because and in, in only eighty five million came from domestic box office. So, so yeah, that's uh, for that to do that, those numbers, I think it's a little, like it should have easily made, you know, 200 million domestically. I felt like just watching the movie. It was, uh, I mean, it was very beautifully made. Oh yeah. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's a well put together movie. And I, I do remember like it not getting the amount of love that I felt like it should have. Cause it, honestly, I felt like the story was solid. I, again, I don't know how well it adapted, but but I felt like it was a solid adaptation. One of the first actual anime or manga ad- adaptations that actually kind of worked for for big screens. Yeah, um, and it, it's one of those movies where, like, uh, when the sequel comes out, I'm gonna definitely check it out a lot sooner than I checked out this one. This one came out in 2017, I think. No, yeah. 2017 2019 it came out last year almost a year ago so uh, this is uh the side the the i don't know if i would go watch it in theater it depends on how i guess i don't like going to the theaters by myself so like if i can get somebody to go with me i'll definitely go check it out but if not I'll, it'd be it'd be one of the first things to to check out for me when the sec when the sequel comes out like right when it comes to to digital Oh, bro, I'm all about that going by myself life now. <laughs> it's so much easier. It's just it's it's uh it's nice and quiet. Well, to a certain extent, unless there's somebody yelling a couple rows down. But otherwise, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the the other uh main and uh, antagonist or protagonist, uh, I guess the guy that played Hugo, I thought he did he did he did an adequate job. Um, I. I, I don't know how I felt about 
the multiple twists that they had in the movie, or like I guess they try to give you this hint of, um, uh, I guess with Doctor Dyson Ito, where he was like, oh yeah, he's the he's the one that's hunting all these uh, all these people. He's the one that's killing everybody. I thought like I, I I think that twist was fine. Like it turned out that he was actually a hunter, and then and then it turns out that Hugo is the one going around like you know stripping uh, these people of their body parts and, and selling them to uh, vector, I guess that's uh, played by Marshala Ali. And so like, I, I thought they just put in a little too much like twists and turns, I guess you would say, but, but nothing was like surprising to me. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> when I watched it. I remember I enjoyed it overall. I need to watch it again though. Yeah. I, I mean, I enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, if I were had to, to, to grade it, I'd, probably put it somewhere in the 70s maybe mid 70s which is which is a fine movie uh it's it's a good movie i i I feel like um and it's hard to get into that 80 90 range but like yeah it's definitely something that people should have watched also that villain reveal at the end remember oh yeah with uh man who was that that was um why am i blinking hulk smash oh yeah it was edward norton yeah it was yeah i i didn't expect him to come out of nowhere I didn't expect that either. I was re- genuinely surprised. I remember that part, like being Edward Norton. Seriously, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't seen him do a thing in a hot minute. I was like, oh, that's a uh, and uh, and Ed Screen was in it as well. He was uh, in Deadpool, which he. Did. I mean, they just kind of used his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, and uh, and the people that you know are big fans of Netflix's. Uh, TV show to all the boys. Uh, Lana Condor was also in it as well. Very briefly. I think this was uh, around the time that to all the boys, that hype was coming kind of, uh, kind of coming out as well. So there's, uh, there's that. Um, yeah, I didn't even remember Lana Condor was in the movie. God, I gotta watch the movie again. Very, very brief. She was a uh, Hugo's friend. Oh yeah, that's right. The, the, the female uh, along with uh Tanji, I guess that's his name. The other, the the one that was really aggressive towards Alita. Oh, that, yeah. That game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the cast and crew uh, the, itself did a fine, a fine job. Um, my only, I guess, slight complaint would have been if the, I think the first two acts were, were fantastic and fine. The third act felt a little, like it almost felt like, okay, we are getting to this point where, spoiler alert, Hugo is you know dies but then where do we go from here i felt like they could have closed it out a little better um but it's not you know it's you give it a mid 70s and there's not many complaints not many complaints from me anyway but um yeah i'm definitely gonna have to check out the second one when it comes out a lot sooner definitely hopefully uh we both will yeah uh what uh what did you get to watch over the weekend uh, the main thing I didn't get to watch too much. Uh, the main thing I watched episode three of Picard. Uh, um, uh, it's okay. It's a slow burn so far. It, the story is interesting. Honestly, I gotta probably re- rewatch a little bit because it's kind of confusing for me because I'm dumb and don't understand everything that's happened. Um, but uh, it's it's okay. It's it's okay. It's probably not. I think I had a little bit too high of expectations for the show, so it's it's a little underwhelming to me, but I'm going to keep giving it a shot. Now, 
after your free trial ends, are you going to subscribe for the additional what month and a half or so? Ooh, that's a that's a good question, John. <laughs> that's a good good question. I don't know that I will. You gotta it's gotta hook me on episode four. It's it's all pending on you, episode four. Um, does it do? I guess does it do the? Did you were you a big Star Trek fan growing up? I was, I'm not like a huge, huge Star Trek fan, but I did watch Star Trek Next Generation. I did watch Voyager and I did watch a little bit of Deep Space Nine when I was a kid and when I was younger. So, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm not like, I don't know all the ins and outs. So I wouldn't say I'm a like a huge fan, but I enjoyed Voyager and Next Generation when it was on. Would it, would you say they're doing justice to the, I guess, the universe and to Picard, the character? It kind of is it still a little weird when you hear a f bomb come out of a Star Trek show. Mm. It's just that like that part still boggles my mind. Um, also, it's shot and it's more action oriented to a certain extent, specifically okay. the first episode, which the core the action choreography was actually not bad for that first episode. It's actually pretty solid. Same thing with this last episode. The action sequence that happens in the middle of it was uh, you know was pretty good. Um, it's it feels like a kind of a new interpretation, but it doesn't quite feel like the old school stuff just because the old school stuff was so centered on just discussing and working out the problems mm -hmm. where this is more of a, a ongoing mystery that's going, going throughout the entire se season versus mm -hmm. a new thing every week. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Bring it on. When I this is Comic Cast. Comic Cast. On podcastarena.com. Podcastarena.com. Now, joining us is Kate Sanchez. She's a host of two podcasts. A very busy, busy person. She <laughs> is. Uh, she hosts a But Why Though podcast. And also, she hosts a Did You Have To podcast. Kate, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and it was one of those things on Sunday night after the Oscars. I was like going through Twitter and then um, we had we me and Michael had a lot to talk about with Birds of Prey um, doing like kind of a spoiler version uh, of it on um, on the first week, uh, first podcast of the week. And then I was I saw a bunch of your tweets and then I remembered we had a back and forth on Twitter, I think on thursday night and i was like man let me see if i can uh if she would jump on for a, a couple minutes and um you being you being being a very nice person uh, <laughs> rearranged your schedule because you are actually at work you have a full-time job you are actually at work and um you are very kind and you made some time for us thank you so much yeah no thank you all so so much for having me on i mean i have a lot of feelings about birds of prey so <laughs> yeah and um I so one of the one of the things one of the big things coming out of the weekend was how poorly they kind of did at the box office. Mm -hmm. Now um, the projections were I think around a hundred and uh, like I think right around a hundred million worldwide, and it fell short about fifteen million dollars short. And um, I think domestically they were projecting it to be like fifty sixty million, and that fell way short, and it opened up at thirty three million. And people kept saying, "Oh, is it a flop? Is it a flop?" I said. It's not a flop in terms of a movie, but they could have had they could have done a lot of different things before the movie was released. And I know you wrote a review on uh but And if you guys want to check out the full review, please go there because she did a very fantastic job of breaking down 
the movie. I don't because we traded tweets back and forth on theories of why we thought they did poorly. Mm-hmm. What were your big? What's your first initial reaction of why they? performed underperformed at the box office so i i will say like it's one of those things and i hate using the word flop for it because they made their money back already it was an 80 it was an 80 million dollar production budget and they ended up pulling in more than that and that's only in its first week so they're going to make their money back and it's way better than compared to uh, warner brothers other movie ventures um but i know that it did poorly because i didn't even want to see it like this is now my favorite DC movie that has come out. And I did not want to see it. Um, I thought the marketing was really, really poor. And for me, my biggest issue um, coming from the comic space is I know who the birds of prey are. And I'm sorry, Harley, love you. You ain't one. Um, and so for me, I was like conflicting, like they named it the birds, of, like birds of prey, but then all of the marketing material was just Harley. And then all of the marketing material was somewhat, I don't want to say family friendly, but it was more into anybody could see this. So it didn't really push showing that it was rated R movie and some of the rated R pieces of it, like kind of like Deadpool did because Deadpool knew what to do with its audience. Um, this one didn't do that. And then from the other side, from somebody who isn't a comics fan, I see people who didn't even know who the hell the Birds of Prey were and were like, oh, well, I guess we're not getting a Harley movie. And so I think that the largest issue here is that the marketing campaign that WB put behind it didn't effectively portray what the film actually was. And that that sucks and it's hard to hear because it's I, I think a lot of people, even people who didn't care about Harley Quinn, um, would have cared about that movie given if it had been marketed as either an action movie, like a straight mar- action marketing, if it had been marketed as a rated R girl movie, like girl gang movie. Um, Either of those two ways, I think, would have had this doing better and ha- finding its target audience a lot easier than what happened. Yeah, it's funny. On the last, uh, when Jong and I talked about it on our last podcast, after we had watched the screening, I remember coming out of the theater and hearing people saying, wow, the trailers didn't make that look good at all. Like they, they The trailers did a poor job of representing the film, I think. Yeah. And it it was frustrating for me because like, which is why I've been so vocal when I got out of my screening and was having pushing my review as much as I can, because like, I want more people to see this movie. There's so many people that I know would see this movie. And like, at the end of the day, if you like a John, if you like John Wick because of the, the caliber of action that's in it, there's no reason for you not to go see Birds of Prey because it's that same caliber of action and just absurd fighting that is there and i think that they have they have like birds of prey is a special movie and i think it is that way because it will hit women in a way where it's like this is definitely a girl gang movie this is definitely a movie i took two of my good friends here in austin to go see with them because i wanted to experience it with you know some of my female friends but then at the same time i'm a huge action movie person like solid like you need to win me over with your action it's the reason i hated captain marvel it's the reason i have issues with wonder woman and those movies didn't move me in that way so i think that they had a movie that could really hit two audiences really well but they just didn't do it like i don't like i hate saying it but like i definitely didn't want to see it i didn't care to see it but i was like oh i need to get to that press screening so i can cover it for the site i hope i'll like it 
I really want to like it. And then I came in and I left and I was like, oh my God, that blew every expectation I ever had out of the water. One of the things that I kept seeing on Twitter over the weekend, like as people were seeing how it was performing. And one of the things I saw was, oh, it shouldn't have been rated R because they kept, you know, kept younger kids from seeing it. That movie didn't need to be rated R, da, 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 da. Like that, that hurt its success. To me, I feel like you can't make that argument not necessarily anymore just because we live in a post-Deadpool, post-Logan, post-Joker movie world. Like, I I feel like the rated R argument makes no sense at this point. Yeah, I completely agree. I think their problem was they didn't lean into rated R marketing. That was their problem versus something like a Joker or a Deadpool or a Logan where that you knew what you were going to get going into it. Um, but 100%, like, and as I saw somebody saying, oh, well, underperformed because February is like, you can't make that argument. Deadpool released on Valentine's Day. It's 132 like, million, I believe, in, in yeah. February. So, mm-hmm. so like, it, I think the fault really lies on the marketing campaign that they put behind it. And I mean, to be frank, like, WB hasn't done a good job of marketing any of their films. Like, Birds of Prey is also not unique. Like, if you look at Warner Brothers projections and then their actual box office returns, like, this past year, like from now to back, they've been not flopping, but they've been underperforming their projections consistently. And so that is something that I think definitely needs to be taken into consideration, Joker notwithstanding, but it it is something that is is really interesting. And the question that I have really as well is like, oh, well, have pe- did people just lose faith in the DC model? And that's why they aren't coming to these to these other ones. Like, what do you have to do differently to tap into that? And I think at the very least, all of the controversy online around Joker got butts and seats. Do you think, I, I don't know if, how much this would have helped, but do you think that we should have gotten multiple like screenings for this? I, I know there were screenings in different cities for like uh, the week before it came out, but like, it's just like, I, I felt like I, I, I didn't feel as like when I went into it, I was expecting I was expecting a pretty decent movie, but I like like you, I came out and I was my mind was blown because the trailers to me, I felt like okay, the 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 color range is very beautiful and like they did a good job of brightening everything up, and I felt like it had potential to be a good movie. And then the first thirty seconds in, I was like, okay, this is gonna be a great movie. Just the uh-huh. the animation and the voiceover and the cur- colors and everything, and people that. I've talked to over the weekend, my friends, they were looking to go watch something. I go, go watch Birds of Prey. It's it's amazing. And and they, they were they said the same thing. They were like, hey, are, are you sure? Like, this is a good movie? I go, yeah, it's a great movie. It's my favorite DC movie, DC EU movie to date. And they were very surprised. I said, if you don't like it in the first 30 seconds, you may not like it. And um, yeah. I think the marketing was it, whatever Batman versus Superman did showing Wonder Woman showing um, Doomsday did this complete opposite 180 of what Birds of Prey did not showing a damn thing. Yeah, it was frustrating. I Because like, I also think too, like, I get not showing stuff in trailers. And I get that some people like it. But we've reached a point as like a consumer culture where we need to see that stuff going in. Like they did it with Fast 9. Or, fa- or FF9, whatever the hell they're calling it, the Fast Saga, they showed us Han, like, right there and then. Like, if you know, especially if you're pushing a movie like Birds of Prey that is trying to get lesser-known heroes, and I say lesser-known as in lesser-known to the public, um, trying to get 
people to see them, you need to give them bite-sized things of what they're going to get in the film. Like you have to draw them in with something else other than a trailer that shows nothing. Because like I completely agree. Like if they had just done like a featurette with some of those fight scenes, like do a featurette and do like the evidence roof scene. Do a featurette and show the 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 like any any of those three fights that are in the police station. Do a scene with them. Like just did they should have done. They should have led with that. Like it was it was definitely frustrating. Like I don't know. It hurts me. <laughs> it hurts me. Uh, what do you think of um, some of the character changes in terms of like their origin? I think uh, the biggest, um, I think people had the biggest gripe with uh, Cassie, uh, Cassandra Kane, and the way that they kind of altered her, um, uh, I guess, origin story. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't have a huge problem, but that's only because uh, to be 100, like, I don't have the hugest connection to anybody but Renee up there. <laughs> so for me, I I didn't have I didn't have a problem with it and I usually don't have a problem with origin changes or narrative changes from what an established character has so long as there's a reason behind it and so long as it works well within the new continuity of the film that they're going into. If you can sell me on that, I'll be good. And so for me, I think they sold it. They sold it to me with Cass. They sold it to me with uh, with Canary, um, and they sold it to me with Renee because I was really frustrated that because I love Rosie Perez, like I love her. Don't take this as hate for her. I love her, but I was worried that by casting an older Latina, an older actress as Renee, it meant that we weren't going to get much of her. Like I was worried that she was going to be sidelined super quick. She wasn't going to get to be as badass. She isn't going to get to be the question. And so for me, I was really happy with how they did it in the film because like Rosie got some shine and like it, there's so much open. And I think regardless of any of the changes that are going to happen now that like Cass is Harley's protege and all that stuff, I think they're going to do it well. Like this gave me faith that they're going to do it well because it's one of those where like I can commend a film for changing things and swinging for the fences and leaning into it all the way. I can't commend a film. I, I tend to not like films that change something, but don't run with it. Like changing it just for the sake of changing it. Yeah. Changing it just for the sake of changing it, changing it with no other plan, changing it and not taking into account what happens when you change it. Um, like, I think for me, this was just a really good use of it. Um, cause like some films just do it to do it or do it to change things or do it to make a film more diverse or do it to, I don't know, shoehorn things cause they need to be in there. And I think to do it right, you have to make me feel like it's all warranted and necessary. And I think that that's what Birds of Prey did. Like I never once questioned anything as I was watching it. I think the same for the, the villains too, right? Like Victor's oh, house. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the depiction of the movie, that's not quite their comic book counterparts, but for me enjoying the film it didn't bother me at all because it was like i mean i i I enjoyed those interpretations of those characters yeah 100 percent. or black mask like black mask like i i didn't know that i needed them this way uh i am absolutely in love with victor's ass and i hate it but like i've never liked zaz I've never liked him. I've never cared for him. I haven't cared for Zaz in any iteration. And then I saw Chris Messina as him and I was like, oh, okay, one, you're real attractive. This is weird. Two, the way that both 
um, Ewan and Chris play off of each other as as Roman and Victor, like they do it in such a way where you just can't not buy into everything. Like their chemistry is unbelievable, both when they're just being friends and when they're doing evil stuff. Now, this is going to be the most serious question to date. Now, Chris or Oscar Isaac? <gasps> Oscar Isaac. That's not even a question. But oh, okay, I, applaud, okay, okay. I, I applaud your attempt. I applaud your attempt. <laughs> it takes a lot to get me to, to choose somebody over Oscar Isaac. Now, um, the one thing that I do have, or do, that I see this movie, uh, one thing that I see it going for itself is that I think that people like us that watched the movie and thought it was amazing, the word of mouth, I think, is going to help this movie. And I think, I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but I think they can hit $33 million again this weekend and then continue this for about six weeks. And then we'll get to a point where we look up and Birds of Prey Worldwide has made half a million, uh, half a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. I hope so. I really, really hope so. I think it can. And it's also one of those things where like DC has been pushing their embargo dates to like day before or day of. And I think had they had they had a wider embargo. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Birds of Prey, like if they had let it lift that Monday or if they had let it lift like the weekend before because you had all the fan screenings and social broke, like I think doing that would have helped get a lot more butts and seats too. Um, so I, I, I again, a, D, a, a, Mar, a, a Warner Brothers decision. Like, I think had all, everybody's reviews come out. Because, like, I know for me, and, like, I'm a small fish in the review pond, but, like, I had a lot of people who know my feelings on Captain Marvel, know my feelings on Charlie's Angels, another movie with horrible fight choreography for women. Um, and when I came out and I loved Birds of Prey and specifically like I think Birds of Prey has the best fight choreography of any movie in the DCEU and even a whole bunch more than Marvel's they were like oh shit okay okay let me see um and I had a couple of people message me like I went to go see it because you said it was great and it was great um and I think had they allowed that to happen earlier I think you would have had more people you would have more pre-sales I think you would have had more more people going for opening weekend but i definitely agree with you like i think now that word of mouth is getting out i 100 percent think we're gonna get more people in seats uh i was wondering this like as the weekend progressed and the film was coming out should it have just been called the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn should, or hell yeah is that like <laughs> yeah right like i feel like it leaning on have. birds of prey was another like mistake yeah i i 100 think so we're doing we're actually putting together our uh so for movies that I've, a lot of the contributors watch we like to do collaborative reviews so we'll do like i think it's like a six six questions everybody gives like a little blurb about or answer about how they felt about the movie and we're doing that again for birds of prey and that should be coming out either today monday or tomorrow tuesday 
Um, and everybody kind of had that exact same thought. It should have just been the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or something like that, because this isn't a Birds of Prey movie at the end of the day. It's a Harley Quinn movie, which is fine. But like a lot of people, male and female, love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And they already put an emphasis on that in their marketing. They should have just done it the whole way and named it a Harley Quinn movie. Um, before we let you go, I know you were tweeting a lot about the uh, the Oscars last night, which is uh, the, the my first thought was to get you on because I saw your tweets. Um, and so um, <clears throat> I'm very happy for Parasite being a uh, Korean myself. Um, I didn't think it was the best. I mean, to me, I, I enjoyed Joker a little bit more than mm-hmm. Parasite, but I'm really, really excited and glad that that uh, Parasite did take home, what is it, three Oscars? Yeah. and and um, so as a, as for the culture type of person <laughs> over here, uh, I'm very excited. What, is, what were your thoughts on the Oscars? I didn't watch them, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I looked at them in, twi- in Twitter. Um, I was so excited because for me, and I think it's because I'm a horror fan. And so being a horror fan and Parasite isn't a horror movie, but like being a horror fan, you have to do a lot of digging to find more films because they're not readily accessible in theaters most of the time. That's changing now, but they're not. And so I've been exposed to Korean horror, Japanese horror, really Asian cinema. Um, J-horror and K-horror have been my my gateways into those different cinemas. And it's something that we forget so much. And it's not necessarily that we view pop culture as Eurocentric, but we view it as American-centric. It's American pop culture first. That's it. And I think what Parasite does, and specifically with its wins, it shows that we're not the only ones that create that can create good films. And I really love what um, uh, what he said at I don't remember was it Golden Globes? I think it was the Golden Globes where he said, if, once you get over that one that one inch barrier of subtitles, there's a whole new world. And I think for me, if anything, especially with the comments that that random Academy Award voter said that, like, what was it? Uh, regular films. A regular film should win. <laughs> um, I think that it just means so much because there's there's a lot being done outside of what we do here in the States that deserves that type of recognition. For me, it was the best film of the year. Um, I would have also been okay with 1917, mainly because of that long one shot that they have. Um, but I think it it was historic in the way that it was also an original film. It was it wasn't about a war. <laughs> Let's be honest. It wasn't about uh, historical or gener- it wasn't about historical trauma. It was a wholly original film that was doing something different. And I think even if you remove the aspect of it being a Korean film, you still have it as an original IP that is showcasing a story that we have not seen and winning an Oscar, which I think in this case, like what Oscar bait is like stories about someone's trauma, like that's the only time most people of color can win anything at the Oscars. It's a war movie or it's a biopic. Um. And I think for Parasite to come in and slam it, I mean, I, I was as excited as I was when Guillermo del Toro won for Shape of Water. 
if that puts it into into perspective because I'm a huge Gilmore Del Toro fan. So, yeah. So do you think it's the beginning of a... I mean, because what was the hashtag? Oscars are so white, I believe was the yeah. hashtag. Do you think this is like a trend of things to come or is this like an anomaly for one year? Or do you, I feel like it's a trend moving forward, but what do you what do you say? I mean, it's always been an anomaly. Honestly, if we look back, um, horror and fantasy dominated 2017 Oscars. There were no noms the following years. Um, it, then the same thing goes like he may have won four awards, but there were no women of, there were barely, I think there's only one woman of color nominated for an award. There were hardly any people of color nominated for anything if it wasn't him. Um, that's still a problem. Um, and I would also like to point out that uh, there were not any uh, Latinos in any of the prestigious categories at all and but there was a spanish actor who played a latino <laughs> which isn't the same thing um like when you look at the actual demographics of the of the oscars like it's a flash in the pan for me most of the time um but as much as i don't like natalie portman like it is still an issue that we didn't have any women as directors we didn't have like there are so many blind spots in the oscars right now and that's only going to change or be like sustainable change once you get younger voters, once you get more diverse voters, and that's where all of this goes back to. Like, we're not going to see it change on the front end for the awards if we don't get different types of voters. And that's uh, Kate Sanchez. I know you have a heart out, um, in- including um, she's also she also is the editor in chief of But Why Though and the co-founder. And she also hosts two podcasts on there, But Why Though podcast and also she hosts the uh, uh, Did You Have To podcast. Kate, thank you so much for taking your uh, taking time out of your work schedule for to to co- jump on and talk to us two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are idiots. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. I really love this conversation. And I mean, tweets are great, but just getting to sit down and talk to somebody about it is like way better. <laughs> Um, the best part of the Oscars last night was Eminem's performance, not the performance itself, but when they panned to the audience and <laughs> whenever, when Michael mentioned the hashtag Oscar so white, like that could not have run more true <laughs> than whenever they panned to the audience. I was like, oh my God, this is so, this is so cringeworthy. Just looking at like those people trying to like kind of bob their heads to, <laughs> to lose themselves. Oh my God. I got to find that video, man. <laughs> And then, uh, and then uh, they realized towards the end, back end of his performance, that hey, we maybe we should like focus more on like minorities that can actually move. (laughs) (laughs) And they show a couple of African Americans. I was like, okay, I see what they're doing. (laughs) Oh God, we just exposed all of our actors. They can't keep a beat. (laughs) Uh, uh, Thank you, Kate, uh, for jumping on with us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Kate. (laughs) Bye. And the Oscar goes to Parasite. It goes to Pong Jun Ho. Pong Jun Ho. Thank you. Ah, 너무 감사합니다. 그리고 그 어렸을 때 제가 항상 가슴에 새겼던 말이 있었는데 영화 공부할 때 가장 개인적인 것이 가장 창의적인 것이다. 예, 그 말을 하셨던 분이 누구였냐면 책에서 읽은 거였지만 예, 
Thank you so much. When I was young and studying cinema, there was a saying that I carved deep into my heart, which is the most personal is the most creative. <laughs> that quote was from uh, our great Martin Scorsese. So. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to Parasite. <laughs> 지금 이 순간에 뭔가 굉장히 의미 있고 상징적인 그리고 신이 적절한 역사가 쓰여진 기분이 듭니다. I feel like a very opportune moment in history is happening right now. It's really fucking crazy. Uh, we'd like to thank Kate Sanchez again uh, for joining us. She hosts But Why Though podcast and Did You Have to podcast. Uh, and she is also the editor in chief and co founder of But Why Though.com. She has a fantastic review of Birds of Prey that is out on But Why Though.com. Please go check it out, give it a read, and please give her a follow on Twitter. She's at Oh My Mithinder on Twitter. So go check her out on Twitter as well. She's a, she's a great follow. Uh, and everybody over there at but why though uh, podcast.com and uh, next we're gonna be talking about uh, Gotham City sirens Margot Robbie still wants to do a Gotham City sirens and I think in the last couple of weeks the studio uh, put a pause on Ga- Gotham City sirens but Margot Robbie still wants to do it she says she's definitely quote definitely would be interested to pursue Gotham City sirens and she said she would love to explore Harley's uh, dynamic with Catwoman and poison Ivy. Um, she told Screen Rant, and she also said that um, she doesn't know where the uh, studio uh, where the studio stands and what they want to do with her character. So she's kind of in limbo. Um, I'm guessing though, like she'll like I guess after Suicide Squad, but I'm guessing though that uh, Warner Brothers is going to want to do something again with with Harley Quinn because she's kind of taken that character and almost like like it turned it into something different, like completely different from the comics, and almost like. She's like when you th- now in the future when you think um, um, Harley Quinn, you're gonna always you know think of Margot Robbie as that character, and almost not to the level of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, but like so, like in that realm, like you're not gonna think about anybody else but Harley Quinn. I mean, but Margot Robbie. Well, she's definitely gonna enter that pantheon of people that are synonymous with their roles. I, like I feel like like you mentioned Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man. Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool, Hugh Jackman with Wolverine. I mean, I think at the are almost at this point, I you can make the argument also because Harley Quinn hadn't been around too much, and there hasn't been really too many live action depictions. I mean, mainly it's mm-hmm. comics. The obviously the animated series was what started it all off, and then video games as well. But like Margot Robbie, yeah, is a hundred percent synonymous with Harley Quinn, and I like how she's taking ownership with the character and really like i don't know that we get this movie without what she did you know and and kind of advocating for for this role and for this movie and i think that's a really beneficial thing in the long run and hopefully we get more stories with her because i mean this story was awesome yeah and she's gonna be in um james gunn's suicide squad uh that's coming up in i think she's uh, after her press tour for birds of prey she jetted out uh, out to go film suicide squad so she doesn't have a lot of like downtime in between you know this birds of prey and then um then suicide squad 
I didn't even realize uh, she was going to be in the the new one. Yeah, yeah. She said uh, she. They said that she was the last one to report to set because of uh, because of her obligations to Birds of Prey. Um, so she's going to go. I think she already. She might have already gone off to go um, film Suicide Squad, but uh, if not, she's going to be going to do it uh, pretty soon. But um, do you want a Gotham City Sirens or like? I guess let me phrase it this way: Do you think that Warner Brothers is comfortable? And not comfortable, but I would say, do you think they're confident in um, a Gotham City Sirens movie if Birds of Prey doesn't perform better in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I think they'll still, I think they'll still do a movie. I, I I feel like you still have a really bankable star with Margot Robbie. Um, you still have a fun character that she's playing with Harley Quinn. I think in the long run, this move, Birds of Prey will do well enough to warrant that. Even if it, even if it doesn't maybe hit that 500 million mark or 600 million, whatever mark you want to set, I do think there is something here that is special that you, if you're Warner Brothers, you need to keep pushing and doing another female driven film like, like Birds of Prey, but doing Gotham City Sirens, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, also, I should point out to Kathy Yan, the director, Christina Hodson, the the writer. I think if that whether they're involved or not, I mean, just getting another female driven project, I think would work on a lot of levels for Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Also, what was one of the things you told me right after we watched the screening? It's like they they did it again to Marvel. They beat them to it, and it, they knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, do you think that? Do you think? Or would you want another Birds of Prey movie, or would you want them to go towards a Gotham City Sirens? That's that's funny. I was th- I was going to ask you the same question. I uh, I was I was debating about that, going back and forth. I feel like I would want a Gotham City Sirens first, just because I want to see a new age Poison Ivy and Catwoman in this world, in this world that Harley Quinn has set up. Yeah, I go back and forth because like I think that um, Birds of Prey was so good to me that I think that I want a sequel. And then with Gotham City Sirens, maybe you set up Gotham City Sirens in Birds of Prey two, and go that go that route because I feel like if you take Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn out of that Birds of Prey setting and then drop her into Gotham City Sirens, which I would think that it would be a different feel to the character like you're almost like you almost you you set up her character to be one way in birds of prey because in suicide squad it was completely different it was just like it's it's a different world uh and a different character and you go and you jump to gotham city sirens i feel like the character development you could use a little bit maybe another movie to develop harley even more and then drop her in gotham city sirens yeah that makes sense. I, I I think that makes a makes a lot of sense. I I hope I hope for everything that we just get more films with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. And also, I I I wouldn't. I do realize saying Gotham City Sirens over Birds of Prey too, but I would like to spend more time with those characters that were introduced in Birds of Prey because I I think Journey Smollett Bell did a fantastic job as Black Canary. Uh, Rosie Perez, 
Maria Elizabeth Winstead. I would like to spend more time with all three of those characters because I thought they were interesting. I feel like we didn't get a lot of Maria Elizabeth Winstead, but when she was on there, it it stood out. So I would like more time with them, uh, with all three of them. Crossbow killer. Yeah, crossbow killer. Essence <laughs> <And> Huntress. Um <laughs> uh, the uh, the other thing that to to come out of uh, to DC is and it is, I think there's more of a uh, a spoiler I think because I think a lot of these pictures have been taken down is Kristen uh, Kristen 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 Wiggs uh, Cheetah final form of Cheetah kind of circulated and the original tweet from Mikhail uh, Villarreal has been removed by Twitter and so um, if you were able to get a peek at Cheetah. It, looks pretty good like it's uh it's basically kristen wick and her it kind of looks like a better version of cats i would think <laughs> like it looks better than cats it looks better than taylor swift so i think who is it you and chris bennett were going back and forth i think both y'all liked it yeah i didn't like it i don't know oh, you didn't like it i didn't like it <laughs> I didn't. What, what did you what would you rather have them do i mean that's what i was like going back and forth on like what could they do but maybe i need to see a different photo but i just i don't know i didn't like the look of it i didn't like the way her hair looked i just didn't like i don't know i didn't like the color combination but the the colors it's hard to tell because i feel like that 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 photo had been you know worked on a lot so i don't know i just didn't i didn't like the look of it maybe it's because i just i haven't seen cats but i've seen enough trailers of cats to make me fearful of cats so maybe it's that like maybe it's like a something in my head but it just it, one it made me think of cats and two it just i don't know it didn't it just didn't look right to me I, again maybe once we get an official like released photo from Warner, from warner brothers it'll be different but man I, I just it didn't do it for me i think her female form is okay like i think that's fine the look of the character costume all that but like the that the cat version it was a it was a purr, not a purr. I don't know. Meow. I don't like it. <laughs> um, what, before we go, we're going to hit up on a couple of Marvel things that happened over the weekend. Uh, this is more not MCU Marvel. This is like Sony Marvel. Um, there was a, uh, I guess, a, a, a screenshot or a photo of something that was on the set of Morbius that was an advertisement inside the movie. Um, it was a where is Spider-Man, um, I guess, billboard or I guess it was, it's a billboard, right? I think it was on the side of a bus or, or a taxi. Yeah. It was, but yeah. It like, um, but it, and it was paid for by, uh, I think, what? Jameson, right? J. Jonah Jameson? Or Daily Bugle. No, it was paid for by the Daily Bugle, which I guess J. Jonah Jameson is a part of. But um, they're really driving in in this uh, in the fact that Spider Man is real in uh, in the, in this Morbius universe. They're driving in the fact that oh, we're connecting to the MCU, whether you like it or not. Yeah, well, Spider Man is ours. You're gonna have to live with live with it, um, or you know, you're just gonna have to basically you know deal with the fact that you know Morbius, Spider Man, and Venom are all, are all gonna connect. I feel like this is like like a Kevin Feige's like his like the 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 father of the household he's got all his kids and he's like oh there goes star lord oh happy little star lord oh iron man going off to college won't see him anymore and then like it's these bad kids over here you see venom you see morbid it's like yeah they're i guess they're here too i guess 
it's like it's like spider-man is like the uh is the good kid but hanging out with the wrong <laughs> wrong, wrong crowd yeah and then morbius and venom are over here like trying to stir up some trouble venom's trying to get you addicted to cocaine and it's like oh god what a bad influence <laughs> uh but yeah so they're gonna be trying to you know tie in spider-man somehow and we don't, i mean i guess we kind of assume it's toby mcguire i mean not toby mcguire but tom holland spider-man uh but we'll see because like i'm kind of ho- holding out hope that we get toby mcguire and andrew garfield into this into this uh multiverse some way or another and um maybe morbius is a way to set that up so I I do want to point out at first the rumor was Venom 2 mm-hmm. that this was taken from Venom 2 set but then it came out that it was from Morbius reshoots. Mm-hmm. But still the fact that they're doing all of this in Morbius makes me 100% believe they're going to do a lot of this in Venom 2 when it comes out later this year. Yeah, I would Im- imagine so. I feel I feel like they at this point why would you not, you know? Mhm. I don't I don't love this Sony like forcing this down but I mean it's going to happen and I think they do set up something. I don't know if we get a full on setup for Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield at any point. Obviously that's I mean we still got to get like maybe I guess confirmation that they would be willing to come back and do it. I, I maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do think they set up something to where it fully realizes the whole what, what was it Kevin Feige said spider-man's unique in that he can go back and forth from different cinematic universes Mm -hmm. so i i think that will be highlighted in some way either well i think both in morbius and in um and in venom too this is comic cast comic cast on podcastarena.com let's put a smile on that face Uh, a little bit of Venom news, and uh, we kind of made fun of uh, Venom uh, last week because it, Eternals and Venom kind of released around the same time, and Eternals already finished up wrapping. Um, but uh, one, I guess, major milestone, I guess you would say, is that they finished wrapping in London, which doesn't mean that the movie is still... It, it, it kind of means that the movie is still in production. They just uh, they've wrapped in London. So they're almost done. Uh, you would you would think <laughs> you would hope if the movie's coming out in october a highly special effects movie i'm gonna need y'all to finish <laughs> yeah i mean and it's like october 2nd so you know we're you know what less than eight months away yeah to to, to hit it, for it to hit theaters and you would have to finish it what a couple months before your post you would have to finish what a month or two before you actually release the movie Right. I mean, hopefully. I mean, you could be like cats and release a day one patch. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully they finish up soon. Um, maybe this is a step to to you know you know wrapping up the entire movie. Uh, the London is you know the London thing is the first domino to fall, and then they finally wrap up the film. Well, I mean, at least it's happening. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to issue uh, 257 of Comicast. Uh, we'd also like to thank Miss Kate Sanchez for joining us as well. Uh, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at my name, Jong. I'm at producer Mike975. Until next time. See you. This may take multiple takes. <clears throat>
Okay. My uh, Korean like reading isn't very, isn't the best. Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll probably have to do this like uh, multiple, not multiple takes, but like multiple like, like you know, like do one part here and then pause for a little bit and then do another part. All right, <clears throat> three, two, one. Jessica Wangtongdal, Illinois, Chicago. Jessica Wangtongdal, Illinois, Chicago. Hold on. Kwa Sungbenon. Oh, my dogs are fighting. Three, two, one. Uh, we'd like to thank Kate Sanchez again uh, for joining us. Uh, she hosts But Why Though podcast and Did You Have to podcast. Uh, and she is also the editor-in-chief and co-founder of ButWhyThough.com. She has a fantastic interview. No. Okay. <laughs> she has a fantastic review of Birds of Prey that is out on ButWhyThough.com. Please go check it out. Give it a read. Uh, give her a follow on Twitter. She's at OhMyMahinder. Right, Mahinder? Mer Mirinder? What damn it. I think it's Omithrander, I think. Oh, hold on. It's Oh My Okay. Oh. Oops. <clears throat> okay. Damn it. Okay. But like the that the cat version, it was a it was a purr. Not a purr. I don't know. Meow. I don't like it. <laughs> and Venom too. Hold on. My dogs are fighting. Hold on. Okay. Ding dong!